0: Hello, once again, welcome to this week's midweek teaching here at Parker Ford Church. My name is DJ Martin, the church pastor here. Last week, we wrapped up our mini series on joy and grief. And today, what I want to look at is a new topic. I'm going to be talking about five practices to imitate Christ. Obviously, there are all sorts of things that we can learn from Jesus about the way that he lived, Um, but recently these are five of the ones that I've been thinking about, and when I I reflect on the ways that I've grown in my own walk with, with Christ over the years, these are five, probably five of the primary practices that have been the most helpful. Would you join me in prayer? Let's invite the Lord to conform us deeper into his image as we look at these practices. Father, we want to imitate you. We want to look like you. Christian, that word Christian means little Christ. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. We were made, created by God in your image. And in Christ, you are conforming us back into the image of the Son, who is the image of God, as it says in Colossians chapter 1. So as we look at these five practices that you walked out perfectly in your own life, we pray that we would be deeper conformed into your image today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, the five practices that we'll be looking at today. Number one, devotion to prayer. The early church devoted themselves to prayer. Colossians chapter 4, it says, devote yourselves to prayer. The second practice we'll be looking at is meditating on the scriptures day and night, making the scriptures the story of God, just making it a part of our very being so that we think it, we see life through the lens of it, we believe it, we're students of it, we're submitting to it, we're always learning. So meditating on scriptures day and night. Thirdly, receiving discipleship. I don't care how old you are, you're never too old to be submissive, Um, to the Lord by honoring other people and learning from them um, in different ways, discipling others. Each of us are called uh, to make disciples. This is the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations. And in partnership and fellowship, the biblical word, uh, koinonia, or as uh, we have a a Greek background, individual here at Parker Ford Church, Renee, she reminds me, it's kinonia, So, but most of us know it, know it as a koinonia uh, fellowship. So these are the five practices, devotion to prayer, meditating on the scriptures day and night, receiving discipleship, discipling others, and in partnership and fellowship with one another. We, saw, we see each of these five practices in the life of Christ. Um, if we indwell these five practices, if we make this who we are, this isn't a formula, but it is, it is a, I think, a helpful principle to keep in mind that if we're going to live a disciplined life where we make these five practices part of who we are on a daily basis, then we're going to grow. We're going we're to walk with Jesus in a really an intimate way. These five things are key uh, for the life of the believer, and we see it in Jesus's own life. So the first one, devoted to prayer. In Colossians chapter 4, it says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I should proclaim it clearly as I should. Devote yourselves to prayer. One of the four practices that the early church uh, devoted themselves to in Acts 2.42 was they devoted themselves to the prayers. We are to be a people devoted to prayer. Jesus himself, the son of God, God himself incarnate, was devoted to prayer. How often, when you think through the stories in the gospel, can you remember stories of Jesus going off into a lonely place, into the wilderness, up onto a mountain to pray? If this was how our Lord, who was perfect and complete, lacking nothing, ordered his life How much more so should you and I be devoted to prayer? We are to be a people who are communing, conversing continually with God, devoted to prayer. So make this a practice of your life as you imitate Christ. Secondly, we are to be a people as we imitate Christ who meditate on the scriptures day and night. In Psalm 1, the first psalm, it says this, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. In Psalm 27, it David prays that uh, he would be able to, the one thing he asks is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of his life, meditating on his law. Uh, Over and over again, that's a theme of the Psalms. And this is a theme of Jesus's life. He was dedicated um, to continually feasting on the word of God. When he was in the wilderness being tempted uh, by the devil, he responds to the Satan, to the accuser, he responds with scripture. He responds from Deuteronomy. Um, Over and over again, he references the prophets, the law and the prophets. He was constantly meditating on it, chewing on it. Um, He said he didn't come to do away with the law, um, but to fulfill it, to, to live it out. He's called by the the Apostle John, he is described as the Word of God. And so um, let's imitate Christ by being a people who meditate day and night on the Word of God. That includes the Old Testament, that includes the Torah and the prophets, the Psalms, the wisdom, literature. Um, It it definitely includes the New Testament as well, the Gospels, the Epistles, um, the Apocalypse of John. Um, Reading and making the Scriptures uh, a part of who we are so we can think them, so we can breathe them, so we can see life through that lens. Uh, Thirdly, we need to imitate Christ. We need to be a, a people who receive discipleship. I think it's really easy for us as humans to be prideful and think that we can get to a point uh, where we no longer need mentorship. We no longer uh, need spiritual parents. We no, no longer need. Um, so, you know, if if you've reached that place where perhaps uh, you're closer to retirement uh, than starting, uh, perhaps you're older on the journey and you're thinking to yourself, I, I don't really have a mentor, I don't know what that would look like, um, or maybe you're younger and you've never had that, make this a priority. Make this a priority of your life to find someone who can speak into your life with authority. Um, and I, I'm putting my my money where my mouth is on this one. I've literally moved across the United States to, uh, when I was younger, t- to pursue a relationship with a with, uh, authority that I trusted, that I felt like God was putting in my life. Let Make it a priority of your life to have someone speak, and it doesn't matter how old you are. Perhaps you're an elder um, in the church, or a deacon, or you know, wherever you're at in your journey, you have not passed the point of needing someone to look at you, look in your eyes, and speak with authority into your life. Um, and Jesus himself submitted to the authority uh, of others as he grew, there's a story in Luke 2 where Jesus went to the temple and his parents were looking for him and then it says in verse 51, then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. That's his parents And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man as he submitted uh, to the authorities that God had put in his life. And fourthly, we need to be a people as we imitate Christ who are discipling others. In Luke 6, Luke records Jesus setting aside the 12 disciples to be apostles. He says this in verse 12. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. Here's Jesus praying and spent the night, (laughs) spends the whole night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them. So he called more than the 12 to him that were disciples, but then he chooses 12 of them whom he also designated as apostles. Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor, the one who betrayed him. Jesus made it uh, a priority in his life to be pouring into other people. This is the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If we're going to be People who imitate Christ, we too need to be a people who are making disciples. Perhaps you're feeling a little bit insecure about that. I don't know that I have the education to do it, or I, I'm—I don't have my life together enough to do that. Um, then you're missing the point. You're missing opportunities. As you walk with Jesus, as you grow day by day, he—I um, think if you—if you ask him, he'll give you opportunities to share your faith. Uh, to help others to grow, to pour into other people. And that may not look like you uh, being an elder at your church or, or being a pastor or an official position. That's not the point. The point is that you're seeing an image bearer of God and you're pouring into them. You're investing in them in the kingdom. So if we're going to imitate Christ, we need to be people who make disciples and share our faith in that way. And fifthly, the last uh, point or the last practice I want to point out is um In Koinonia, a partnership. In Mark 15, um, uh, the Gospel writer Mark lists these different women who were companions of Jesus. It says in verse 40 of chapter 15 some women were watching from a distance. This is during the crucifixion. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger, and of Joseph and Salomon in Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. So there's all of these women who had partnered with Jesus. We know of the 12 apostles and the many disciples. Jesus lived his life in partnership with others. Now, koinonia doesn't mean that you have coffee fellowship before the service on Sunday morning. That's not what koinonia means. Even though in our culture, we've often equated koinonia fellowship to just sitting around, and having coffee or tea together and talking. Koinonia means you're partnering on mission together. This is why Paul thanks the church in Philippi for being in partnership, in koinonia with him. They're on mission. They're working with him for the purpose of the great commission, of of sharing the good news of Jesus. So to be in koinonia fellowship means that you're actually doing something. Not that you're drinking coffee, not that coffee's bad, but that you're working together. And so these are the five practices that I'd like you to meditate and chew on this week. One, devote yourselves to prayer. Let us be a people who imitate Christ through devotion to prayer. Let's meditate um, on the scriptures day and night. Let's receive discipleship, receive mentorship from other people and seek it out. Let's disciple others and pour into them no matter where we're at in our spiritual journey. Now is a great day to invest in other people. And fifthly, um, we grow in our imitation in Christ as we partner with other people in the kingdom work of sharing the gospel and caring for others. May these five practices become a part of your life as you seek to imitate Christ. Be blessed.